How to Coach a Team with an Executive Who Pushes Back. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Today we're here with Mike Freymeyer. He's been coaching for 25 years, executive coaching and coaching teams. He's going to talk to us today about executive coaching slash team coaching process. So it's Mike Freymeyer, 25 years experience. And I just want to say, Mike, welcome to the program. Thank you, Roy. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Great to have you here. So tell me about your best coaching story, kind of the good, the bad, the ugly of a best coaching story. Wow. There's been so many, I think, probably in my role, I have to teach executives how to be more servant leaders. Mm. And I also have to teach teams how to be more accountable, push back if necessary, right. and feel courageous in doing so right. with the executive leaders. So one time that came to mind is involved a senior director okay. over a product. In my line of work, we have product owners. Okay that are typically completely accountable, full autonomy for whatever product is being developed. Okay. That means that they are responsible for making sure the teams understand what's to be built, mm-hmm. making sure the teams understand who it's built for. Okay. And if you don't have that presence, sometimes it gets very difficult. Mm-hmm. In this case, we didn't have a product owner. We had the senior level director acting in that role. And so if you can imagine, a senior level director has several high level opportunities to work on things other than defining products. Right. They're doing uh, a bigger picture overview thing. You know, in the clouds type right. thing. And to, to narrow him down to product focus was a very difficult thing. Sure. And what would happen is he would give some direction, mm-hmm. not clear direction typically, but some direction. Right. And then the team would go build what they thought he meant. Right. In the meantime, he was not available to the teams, so they couldn't ask him questions. Right. They couldn't go to him for information. Mm-hmm. They just built whatever they needed to build or what they thought he wanted them to build. Right. There were multiple occasions where what they built was not truly what he had in mind. Sure. And he would bring that to the teams in a somewhat uncivilized manner. <laughs> <laughs> so very, very politically correct way to say that. Yeah, very politically correct way to say that. However, I, a lot of the listeners, I'm sure, have worked for somebody who's been a bit challenging as yes, a manager. So, yes. and, and they're probably trying to make sure that they're not uh, one of those bit challenging managers. So That's you're saying true. this person's a bit of a challenge. A, a bit of a challenge, yes. Right. So I had to have a personal conversation with this manager. Mm-hmm. I asked him a couple of questions. I asked him first of all, did he truly want to take on the responsibility of owning the product? Okay. And then helped him understand what that truly meant from a team perspective. Right. Once that was complete, I asked him again if he truly wanted to be the owner of this product and Mm -hmm. if he could afford the time to do so properly. His response was, yes, I do want to do it. I will make myself available to the team. Okay. So I said, great. We ended it there. We went back into the team and I said, team, I talked to the director. He has agreed to do these things. So let's hold him accountable to do that. Okay. And and then you also probably had that discussion too of, okay, now by agreeing to this, you also agree to, to allow them to call you on this. Well, I didn't yet. Okay. Very because good. Because I assumed that he would fulfill his obligation and there would be no need right. for any 
discussion further. And I've been there too. I completely right. understand. Right. You have the discussion, you think you're all on board, and then a little glitch occurs. That's right. So and you're going to tell week, us the story about the glitch yeah, then, right? Yeah. So the first week goes by, it works out pretty good. The second week goes by, he begins to be more detached. Okay. And then it went to the point where he was again, we did what we needed to do. He was unavailable for comment or for discussion. Mm -hmm. So we built what we thought was necessary. You guys made some executive decisions. We did. And it was not right. He again came in the room and did his thing. Okay. That was not necessarily a team building a, moment. A team building moment. Very well said. <laughs> and so, time out while he was in the middle of his rant. Oh my God. And uh, that's an uncomfortable moment. In it's itself. very difficult. I mean, that right. that's that could be career limiting right there. <laughs> or career ending. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You had the courage to say time out. Yes. And, and, and probably everybody's head snapped in the room when you did that. They did. And they looked at you like, uh, Are you crazy? <laughs> It was great seeing you, Mike. We'll catch you in the next in the next go around. Yeah, we can have drinks on Friday night. Yeah, that's exactly. how we're, that's how our relationship's exactly. going to go forward. That's we're right. never going to see each other in the office, both that's being employed right. by this company going that's forward. Right. That's oh right. my God, I, so, I love that. So I timed out and uh, when I'm over still to squirming him. to tell you the truth. I'm still squirming. You're ready to go on to the story. I'm still squirming for you, for you in that moment. I'm still squirming. Anyway, go ahead. Okay, so I went up to him very close and I said, "Would it be okay if we had uh, some quiet time away from the team?" Mm -hmm. He kind of looked at me in his senior director moment level and, and you know, kind of down, said, sure. So we walked out in the hallway. Okay. We went to his office and I says, look, here was the deal. We had an agreement. Mm -hmm. I just want to make sure that you are still on board with what we discussed. Mm -hmm. He said, yes. I said, well, that's not really how it's going. Right. I said, so how about this? How about if you're unavailable for discussion or questions how about we just allow the team to make the decisions mm -hmm. because you've got a great team here right you hired these guys mm -hmm. personally right you trust them let's show them that you trust them right. let them build something right. if it doesn't work out the way you expressly uh, thought it would right let's have a discussion on what needs to be done to tweak it change it modify it bring it up to what you had actually right. thought Right. Rather than ranting and raving, right. but first thing we need to do is, is are you okay with allowing the team to make some decisions right. without you? Right. And and he said yes. Essentially, trying to help him see where mm -hmm. the issue was. Right. And that the team needed to feel free to do things that needed to be done without his right input. And he again said yes. Okay. I mentioned to him that it's important that the team feel safe mm -hmm. to fail mm -hmm. if he's not there to provide information or direction. Not only safe to fail, but safe to make a decision. Safe to make a decision. Sure, but but both of those things, because yeah. you know the, the decision you can't they make, make a decision fail. without knowing that there could be failure involved with it. Right. Even direct director level right. or VP level or CEO level. Right. And, and another point on this, if the senior executive was, was strapped on time, he could say, here's our constraints. Here's our budget. Here's our time. Here's what we can do. Excuse me. Here's the political factors to be aware of in the organization. You know, if you do this or this or this, if he'd have done that, it probably would have helped give them a better direction of what was going on. That is so true. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that I learned from all this mm -hmm. is that we should, the product, the people in charge of the product mm -hmm. should provide teams with the value that they want to have delivered. Mm -hmm. The value, not the working pieces. Right. What they want the customer to realize from mm -hmm. whatever's being built. Right. And then allow the teams the creativity 
to be able to build those things. Mm -hmm. Because such an important key in this process is what does done look like? Right. And if an organization, if a team doesn't know what done looks like, uh, there's no way that they can carry out the task. That's exactly right. You know, as my father used to say, if it's cloudy in the pulpit, it's foggy in the pews. Yes. That's what you're really talking about with the senior leader is he told them they need to do this, but it really wasn't clear direction on what the parameters and the constraints and the issues were. So when they did make a decision, they didn't. there was a comfort level, a high discomfort level. And not being high certain. High discomfort. Yeah. And not being certain on how to do this. What ultimately happened with the process? Did they actually build the, the tool? Was the senior executive finally happy with it? What what was the final outcome of the of the kind of the story? Well, in my line of work, things are never truly finished. Right. They are done to the point that is satisfactory. Right. To for the next team to carry it on. Or exactly. Okay. Exactly. So the 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 end of this story was that the director finally gave the latitude to the teams. Mm -hmm. The teams did a fantastic job. Mm -hmm. Not only that, but the team grew mm -hmm. because now they felt safe. They mm -hmm. knew someone had their back. Right. That would make sure that they were not chastised mm -hmm. or there was no retribution of any sort. Right. And that if there were changes that need to be made, it would be done civilly mm -hmm. with greater information. And, and if that director needed to provide focus to the team, mm -hmm. he actually began to give focus to the team when they needed it. Okay. It really was a success story for me. That was probably the first the first time that this team really started coming together as a team. Mm. For the longest time, these guys were these guys were the senior level of the mm -hmm. senior level developers. They right. were responsible for building all of the runway or all of the pieces of the puzzle that, that allowed the rest of the developers to build to. Right. They tend to be very set in their ways. Right. And, and that's okay. I mean, we all do that. That's, that's great. It's not a problem. Right. As long as they learn to, to allow everyone else on the team to be set in their ways as well. So have you observed the senior executives uh, behavior since then and as has there's been a learning moment for them with regards to how they interact with their folks? So actually that senior level executive has left. Okay. Just because the, his volatility, his personality, right. would not allow him to do the things necessary at a team level going forward. Marshall Goldsmith has a great book called What Got You Here Won't Get You There. His whole point of the book is exactly the example that you shared there. Yeah. This senior executive, because his drive, his ambition, and all of those things, got him to a higher level of the organization. Right. But ultimately, those gifts become your Achilles heel at a certain level of altitude. They do. If he would have actually said to you, hey, Mike, coach me through this so that he probably would still have that career or actually been going further. Right. Um, I've got a I've got a few podcasts uh, earlier from this interviewed from another gentleman and he gave us the McGregor articles. And the McGregor articles are basically a, an article on a man who coached a team by just using the coaching model. He would allow he would ask them questions, but he rose to that level of expertise because he used the coaching model as his tool for going forward. And he continued to, his his career continued to gain altitude rather than either level off or to lose altitude. In some examples, if you don't have that ability to lead at a higher level, and that's what we see with senior executives, their their cap is typically not their expertise skills, but their people skills. Exactly. And had he changed his had he listened to you and changed his skill sets, would he have stayed there or would he have risen? What's your thoughts? 
he would have risen, okay. without a doubt. Sounds very ambitious, very driven, very focused, very hardworking. Well, this organization, my line of work is in the agile IT development space. Mm -hmm. That is driven through um, servant leadership. Mm -hmm. So you hire good people, you trust those people, and you support their decisions. Mm -hmm. You don't make decisions. You allow the teams to make decisions and then do whatever you need to do to support them. Right. And so in that organization, they were very much of an agile organization mm -hmm. from the very top. Okay. It was all about serving the people doing the work. Right. How do we uh, give them the tools, the resources, level. the time? Exactly. Right? Whatever you need, let me provide it to you so you can do what we need to do for our customers. Right. Uh, had he been able to be coached through mm -hmm. his command and control style, right. I'm sure he would have been able to go very far in that company because he was extremely, extremely intelligent. And, and that's really the whole point of this podcast is to show people if you use this model and you use it effectively, the limits on your career are actually removed. Yes. Putting Marshall Goldsmith's book out there, you know, what got you here won't get you there. And it was a best-selling book and it's still incredibly successful. But he talks about all of those people issues that keep senior executives from going up in the organization. Right. And that's the key. Yeah. But you truly helped him for this team and this process that to get moment. to the point where they wanted to get to, be able to help them. And key is this is also a great team coaching moment because you help the team get to their, their process. So how did the team perform you know, after your interaction? What was the changes that occurred there? So some of the values with what I work with is openness, courage, respect. Mm -hmm. All of those things are important for teams because they have to have the courage to say what needs to be said, regardless of who they're saying it to. Mm -hmm. They have to have the courage to hold each other accountable. They have to have the courage to be accountable. Right. And they have to have the openness to allow people to say things to them that need to be said. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And to feel safe in doing so. I try to coach more of a familial uh, attitude for mm -hmm. teams. Mm -hmm. uh, just like a family, you wouldn't mind going to your brother, sister, mom, or dad and saying whatever needs to be said. Right. Because we've got a connection. We're, You've got a connection. You, we want you the family know, to be better. You know you're going to be okay in saying that. Right. That's the same thing I coach with my teams. Mm -hmm. Doing that means I have to make myself very vulnerable. Sure. And that's also very difficult for people to do. Right. I always say, okay, I'm about ready to ask a really stupid question. Mm -hmm. And then I'll just blurt out something that's probably very stupid. And that's, that's okay. But I lead with that. They get it. Most times they joke laugh, whatever, but, but they, they answer the question. Right. And they're all relaxed. Right. And I'm being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I'm putting myself out there for ridicule, if you will. Right. And they see, hey, maybe that's okay. So a lot of the things I coach, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the methods I used to coach is modeling the proper behavior as well. And one of the things that I've discovered as I've worked with managers is, is we really don't make progress until they show me two characteristics, vulnerability in authenticity. Yes. Until we get to that point, when I ask them, that, you know, how's their team going? They go, oh, it's going great. And I'm going, <laughs> the BS meter pegs. Yeah. You know, we know that smoke. Yeah. But then when they come to the point and they go, okay, I got this problem with this person. Or I got this problem with this person. And then I say, okay, where are you at? What's going on? And they go, I really don't know where to go forward. Right. When they become authentic and vulnerable and we can because they typically know the answer, and that's what really what coaching is. I'm not giving them the answer. Right. We're, we're helping them discover the answer. Right. But they're willing to go on the journey of searching for it. Yes. Rather than having that 
that sense of, oh, I know the answer, or I'm in the management role, I've been fine up to this point, it's all been good, but what got you here won't get you there if you want to go to the next level. That really is very well stated. Yeah. That's very true. And, and that's, that's, the, that's why I love doing this podcast. So, Mike, I cannot say thank you enough for doing this podcast. It's just been great fun. And, and this is the example we want to show people. This is successful coaching, how you do it, how you go through the process, and asking those questions, and having the courage to confront folks. Yeah. I will say that this line of work has changed my life, and it's been very rewarding, and I, I never want to stop. You and me both. I, I don't want to ever stop doing this. There, it, nothing has given me more sense of fulfillment yes. and more sense of an impact Yes, learning how to use the coaching skills and helping organizations do that. Yes. Fulfillment and impact is off the chart for me, and I never thought I would get that with any other skill I had. Absolutely. So how could people reach you if they wanted to ask questions? Uh, so they can reach me. I'll just give you my personal email address, okay. which is M-F-R-Y-M-Y-E-R at gmail.com. Perfect. I love it. And they can get a hold of you and, and if they've got questions, away they go. So, Mike, I can I say thank you enough for being here. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit RoryRowland.com.